My name is Mary Bart and I would like to introduce you to a fantastic company and its co-founder. The company name is Silver Sherpa and their CEO and co-founder is Susan Hyatt. First, I'd like to tell you about Silver Sherpa. They are a professional services company working with clients and their families to make successful transitions later in life. They are unique in how they assist older adults to prepare and manage through lifestyle crisis caused by health challenges, loss of a partner, social isolation, or other factors putting their quality of life at risk. They combine healthcare expertise, estate planning knowledge, and project management skills to cut through the maze of options. And they do that in three simple steps. And those steps are plan, navigate, and connect. And now I would like to tell you about Susan Hyatt, who is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of Silver Sherpa. Susan has served on several boards of directors and commissions in Canada, Australia, Ireland, and the United States, including St. Michael's Hospital Board of Directors in Toronto. She is a member of the Canadian College of Health Services Executives and the International Federation on Aging. She serves as a member of the Older Adult Advisory Committee appointed by the Council of the Halton Regional Municipality. She also serves as President of the Estate Planning Council of Halton and is a member of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce and the Verity Club in Toronto. Susan holds postgraduate certification in negotiations from Harvard Law School, MIT, and a master's in business administration with a specialty in international business from Griffin University, Australia. She also holds a Bachelor of Science degree in physical therapy, specializing in critical care and trauma from the University of Toronto, where she taught in the Faculty of Medicine. And now that I've told you a bit about Silver Sherpa and Susan Hyatt, I'd actually like you to meet Susan. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Well, it's great to have you, and I am so impressed with your organization and with you. Could you tell me a little bit about why you started Silver Sherpa and what benefits you offer to your clients? Well, thanks, Mary. And it's a good place to start. Why did I start the company and call it Silver Sherpa, by the way, Silver, donating, we're all getting older and Silver, seniors like the color Silver rather than gold, they told me. So it's Silver Sherpa and Sherpa to do with the Sherpa guides that are in Nepal that take people up into the Himalayas, get them up safely, carry their packs get them to the top of the mountain and get them safely back down again. And hopefully they don't fall into an ice crevasse on the way down. So that's essentially what Silver Sherpa is all about, is helping elderly people carry their burdens and try to figure out how to get up the mountain that they so often find themselves in, whether it's due to health care crisis or loss of a spouse or partner, and then figure out what the future looks like and help carry some of the burdens and provide some guidance and some smart ideas on how to move forward. 
so that's the essence of Silver Sherpa. So I started the company over five years ago now when both my own parents went into crisis. I was running a global strategy company. I was in London, England, advising the UK government on healthcare matters. And both my parents went into crisis at the same time and in different cities because they had been long divorced, remarried, blended families, etc. And one was in southwestern Ontario, one was in northern Ontario. And as you know, from my background, I have a healthcare background. I carry credentials in the business world as well as the healthcare world, and I've worked a lot globally. So I carry a pretty good contact list. If you go into some sort of a healthcare crisis, you can call me, I can try and help. But it didn't matter what I did and who I called with either one of my parents. Uh, They were both in hospital. We needed to move them back into the community. They were about to be discharged. But because of dementia and other medical problems, neither of them could go back to their own homes. And that's where the the chaos started. And frankly, I felt like I was in a maze with numerous professionals and no one communicating what the true options were. We didn't have costs. It was difficult to get a hold of people. They didn't call us back. And uh, my sister and I were completely overwhelmed and exhausted by trying to figure out what to do. So I ended up flying home. So the the bottom line is that if I, with my expertise and experience, couldn't make the system work on behalf of our elderly parents, then I could only imagine what families might be going through who don't have that expertise, they don't have the time, and they're completely stressed with other things going on in their lives. So as I sat down and reflected on this, I saw the opportunity and created the company Silver Sherpa. Well, that sounds fantastic. And you know, I've heard a term called smart aging. What does smart aging really mean and why should we plan ahead? Well, that's a term that we've coined, Mary, and it's not a term that's used a lot in North America. But And based on some of my global experience, we took advantage of those types of concepts that are around the world. And what smart aging really means to us and at Silver Sherpa is that we want to be able to empower the elderly and seniors to create their own path, to be smart about their aging, to have their own path, their own plan, so that they can live with purpose to the end of their days, and to continue to make contributions to society. And so if you think about smart aging, you know, how do I do this smartly? What kind of framework and what kind of factors should we consider? So we came up with a framework of nine factors, and it's based on research from around the world and more than 20 countries that I've worked in as an advisor, as a healthcare expert, or as a business expert. And what I've done is say, you know, if we're thinking about smart aging and and really living life to the fullest on our own terms, what are those nine factors? 
and we always start and and let's go through them we always start with physical health and wellness right because we're thinking about our elder folk and our elder loved ones we're always worrying about the medications and the you know the health and do they have chronic disease or what's their diagnosis all that kind of stuff so it's a good place to start but you've got to think about wellness too um think about nutrition think about physical activity in that factor second one is the environment in the home or where they're living and the safety factors so as we age you know we got to think about things like you know do i have the appropriate bars in my shower because as my mobility gets more affected with say arthritis or something should i be living in an environment where i've got stairs or should i have more support i can tell you one of the things that is a consideration is a higher toilet seat because sometimes seniors have difficulty getting down up and down from low toilets and it can be the source of a fall or the reason for a fall another factor financial preparedness have you prepared financially do you have enough money to live the way you want to live and don't forget about those healthcare issues because today in Ontario and in Canada you know people don't realize they think healthcare is free it's not We have a very good acute care system. If you're sick, you have a heart attack, you go to the hospital, you get well taken care of and chances are you you don't pay any out of pocket. But if you have a fractured hip and you go to hospital, you get it fixed, then you come home and then you need physiotherapy. You only get a few visits of physiotherapy covered in the public system. Then you have to pay out of pocket for physiotherapy. So when you start looking at later in life what are those out of pocket costs they can be substantial another factor is legal preparedness and and I think we're going to talk about that things like an up to date will things like up to date powers of attorney if you've got instructions for advance care directives that you want your powers of attorney to know if you're in a circumstance later in life where your medical status is such that you want your power of attorney to have certain instructions you need to write that down and get legal advice in order to have those instructions included in what your power of attorney needs to know and then there are other factors and we don't have a lot of time to go into those but you can go to our website and have a look social activities and relationships critically important to seniors if you get isolated socially it can become a real problem it can affect your mental health it can affect your physical health and we've got the research to prove that now emotional well-being spiritual well-being intellectual and vocational pursuits these are critically important to us as we age and not to forget mental health and wellness and are you able to engage with people are you able to have a, the appropriate independence do you have the mental wellness to be able to live independently so these are all these factors in smart aging and so we encourage people to actually have a plan for smart aging because if you don't have a plan you don't know where this is all going to fall out
Well, that's really interesting. And I really like your concept of the nine factors and the whole person. So let's talk about that. And let's have a common example, such as an elderly senior is dealing with a major healthcare crisis, such as falling and breaking their hip. In your experience, Susan, which of these factors is the most critical when dealing with this situation? Well, Mary, that's a good example and one we see often. We often get a call from a daughter who says, you know, I thought my mom and dad were coping pretty well at home, but mom's 96 and dad's 98 and dad has dementia and mom was the primary caregiver in the home. And mom's been getting more and more tired and yesterday she fell and broke her hip. So not only do we have to worry about dad, but now we've got to worry about mom because she's the acute crisis. So when you're looking at a situation like this, and and by the way, you don't really want to be in a crisis and we don't want to have to come to you in a crisis. We'd much rather have had this conversation with the daughter and with the 98-year-old and the 96-year-old a few years ago when they had a plan in place. But unfortunately, we're all procrastinators. We put, some of us put the pro in procrastinators, and we don't like to plan ahead. So if you find yourself in this crisis, you end up in a maze because it's not just the fractured hip. Chances are there are other medical issues. So now you're dealing with a multitude of doctors. And we all know that our hospitals are in gridlock. There are many, many hospitals that are operating at over 100% capacity. So they need the bed. So they're always thinking about we've got more sick people at the door. We've got to discharge people. So thinking ahead is about, well, what does mom do after she comes out of the hospital? Can she go home? No, dad can't look after her, and they live in a two-bedroom house. So what about all of those safety factors on discharge, and what's the appropriate discharge plan? One of the things that's one piece of it, where do you go? Perhaps there's a respite option in a retirement home in the community. If the daughter lives out of town, she may not be able to come home and look after mom. Dad may have to go to respite for a couple of months while mom rehabilitates. And mom may have to go um, to a respite bed in the community. And it may be that there are no publicly funded beds available and therefore you end up having to pay for um, a retirement bed in a private facility. That can be upwards of five, $6,000 a month. So here's where the dominoes start to fall because you're now dealing with a myriad of hospital and home care discharge planning people. You're dealing with potential transfer to a retirement facility part-time or or for the next few months for both mom and dad. And that could be on average 6,000 a month or more depending on their needs. So those costs start to add up. It could be 12,000 per person for two months. That's $24,000 you're looking at. That then, the domino falls into the financial planning and your financial advisor. Do you have an advisor? Do you have access to those kinds of funds? 
And then let's talk about the power of attorney because that's where things get really important. You need to have a power of attorney for both personal care, i.e. helping mom through this circumstance on the personal side, and also a power of attorney for property or someone to manage the assets, including the money and any other physical assets. So if you don't have a power of attorney, in the healthcare system, there's a Substitute Decisions Act, and chances are your daughter can act. But then when you get discharged from hospital, if your daughter goes to the bank to pay your bills and she's not your power of attorney, she can't get access to your bank account. That's where it becomes really important. So these powers of attorney, you enable someone to make decisions on your behalf when you're unable to do so. So if someone ends up in a crisis, you fall and break your hip, you go to hospital. Let's say you get delirium in the hospital and you're pretty confused. So you need a couple of months in order to recover and to rehabilitate. If you want your daughter or your son to act on your behalf, those steps need to be put in place long before you get into the crisis. So that's the importance of a power of attorney. Because some people think, oh, I've got my will all drafted. You know, it's all signed off and my kids are looked after in the will. Well, the, the will only kicks in once you die. Before that, as many seniors are experiencing, they could have many years towards the end of life or even midlife where they need assistance. And that's when those powers of attorney are critically important to enable the person you want to represent you to go ahead and help you with decisions, help with your banking, help with whatever needs to be done, for example, filing taxes or whatever it is. So these things are really, really important. So you are so wise and you bring such expertise to this topic. I'm so honored to have this conversation with you. How can people learn more about Silver Sherpa and their services? Thank you, Mary. I appreciate your comments. And our listeners can learn more about Silver Sherpa. We have a very rich resource on our website. You can visit us online at www.silversherpa.net. There's also a link there to the Caregiving Matters website. And I know on your website, there's a link to our website, Mary. I'd like our listeners to know that Everything that we do at Silver Sherpa starts with a complimentary consultation. We offer that complimentary one-hour consultation with families because we really want to understand if, in fact, we can help you in this holistic approach. And we want to sit down with families. So there's no obligation. That is a one-hour complimentary consultation. And you can fill out a form on our website, again, at silversherpa.net. Or you can call the office at 905-491-6972 and ask for the complimentary consultation. That is so wonderful. And I am so impressed with you and your company. And I do thank you so much for sharing information that our audience will find so valuable. Thank you, Susan. 
Thank you for the opportunity, Mary.